Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast Live. Today is November 28th, 2022. Time is 18.03. And joining me is the lovely and talented Jake Dials. How are you doing, buddy? Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? And just guys, let me know in the chats if you can hear Jake okay or not. Because uh, we are trying something a little bit different today. And you guys should be getting both of us on YouTube as well. Uh, with that being said, yep, they can hear you. Great. So this is this is going off without a hitch. This is working. I'm so excited. Hopefully the YouTube stream is going well too. I don't want to go watch it and break the internet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it could handle all that. I'm pretty sure that it could, but anyway. So I hope everybody's doing well that's coming in. I see Kate. I see Shelby. I see Eric. I see Tiff. Uh, who else we got in here? I see uh, Al. What's up, Al? And of course, Jake is joining us almost kind of in the live studio um jake is over there on the uh, youtube with me and this is actually really cool probably recommend that you have a d live and twitch stream as a backup thank you eric i might look into that i'm trying to learn this stuff guys and i gotta tell you this is not my forte trying to learn this stuff is very difficult for me so i'm just kind of trying to take it one day at a time looks like they're losing the video they're losing my camera on your end on youtube Jake sounds good. Cannot see Jake on YouTube. What is going on with that? It's back now. Now it's gone. Is it like, there's got to be a setting in OBS that's wrong of why it's not doing it. Um, or maybe it's a Chrome setting. Like apparently if I cl- click on Chrome, you pop back up in OBS. So something's trying to fight priority over it. Probably what it is. Anyway. So, guys, we're going to get into the show. And, and guys, you know that these Monday night shows, they're structured a bit different now. We're going to be um, doing shorter episodes, just hour and a half, with a topic and trying to keep everything squared away and in line. And eventually, we'll get the YouTube thing figured out. Eventually, we'll get everything on par to where these are better because I want to be putting these out every week, Um, these two episodes a day. So let me go ahead here and, or not two episodes a day, I'm sorry, these two extra episodes a week that we're going to break down. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for my kids now. I know they're going to be loud. Okay, it's all right. Just mute when you need to be muted, because I don't think I can mute you on my end. Um, Yeah, I can mute. I'll just, I'll try to mute in and out. Okay, that works. All right, so we're going to do this, guys. The, the episode I wanted to cover tonight was basically the American youth and the mental health problems we're facing, and we periodically talk about this on a lot of the shows we do um this seems to be a hot button topic it comes up in conversation a lot 
And because I'm what, what I'm seeing go on with this, I really wanted to kind of hit this hard and hammer this out. And some of the things we're going to talk about tonight, guys, are going to be very, very scary. Um, I did want to pull some current events into this before we got going. And I know everybody's in up, up in arms about the railroad strike again, guys. I keep seeing this pop up left and right. Everybody's talking about this. And I really don't know if this is something just to make us feel concerned or if it's something we should actually be concerned about. Jake, what are your thoughts on that? With the railroad strike specifically? Yes. Um, it seems to me, man, from what I can tell, it seems to me that it seems to be one quote unquote crisis after another. And we keep reverting back and jumping back and forth to things. But it seems like nowadays we just go... We have a problem, go into the next problem, go into the next problem, go to the next problem. It seems like a very much a stoking of the fire of many problems happening at the same time now instead of just one giant thing, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, some is, so, I almost feel like they're doing it to kind of mess with the ratings. Like as soon as we get calmed down about something, they bring else, they bring something up to make us start freaking out about, you know, to get us out to the stores, maybe panic buying maybe to spend gas, you know, just to get us motivated, throw something out there to scare us. If the railroad does strike, I think it is something we definitely need to take serious. Um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it seems the, the, the best way I can describe it, it, it feels like we're going through like a, like a transition of sorts um, with things. Um, look at, look at what's happening with Twitter. You know, that's, that's the next thing that is going to be pushed into this mix as well, because Apple's considering taking Twitter off of, off of the app store um, just specifically because of who owns it. And uh, it looks like he's finding some very interesting uncoverings of things. Well, yeah, we, we are, well, we talk about the censorship a lot within social media guys, and I'm just going to reiterate this for anybody that may be out there listening when the show gets uploaded guys, I have, I have turned my back on the TikTok, and I am moving over to clapper and that's pretty much what it is. I'll be posting show related things there, but as far as just doing random and, and daily content, stuff like that, it's not going to be over there anymore. I, I'm done. If you guys don't have clapper yet, get clapper. It's American owned and operated. They run it out of Texas. It's not as user friendly. But you can actually talk to these people. I got to go into the Clapper radio today and actually talk to a couple of the girls that work at the um, that work at the app. And I got to actually physically have a conversation with them and make some suggestions. That's not something you're going to be able to do with these larger platforms. And this is going to this is an up and coming thing. It's going to grow. People love it. And it just it needs to be tweaked a little bit. They know that and they're working on it. Um, but it was really it's really cool to be able to have that interaction with the 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 people that have the app, you know what I'm saying? But, um, we're going to, we're going to get into this guys. So youth of the nation, I, I have a, a few different information around here, uh, from different sources, from different years. And we're going to kind of pull all this together and kind of make it worth it. The first, the first thing I wanted to bring up is about, uh, lost time to disability globally due to medical issues by percentage. All right. Now, this is an older this is an older article. This is coming from the WHO World Health Organization from 2012. So go back in your time machine 10 years and think about how the world was working then because to me it seems a lot more screwed up now than what it did. And this is kind of um kind of a big thing here. So 
Disability time loss. The biggest factor for this in 2012 was mental and behavioral disorders. So mental and behavioral. I know that's kind of a, I know that's like a two-headed coin when we talk about that because they both fall into the mental realm. Um, but there is, there is, I guess, a little bit of a difference between being, you know, having mental issues and having behavioral issues, but they're still, in my opinion, psychological. Um, musculoskeletal, musculoskeletal diseases fell in at 14. So that was next on the list, but to go on to the third one on the list coming in at 13, um, was neurological and sense organ conditions and neural, you guys know what neurological means. Uh, That's pretty easy to figure out. So this is, this is an old one. Jake, are you surprised by these numbers at all? No, I'm not. I know that's like the short answer, but no, nothing surprises me anymore, dude. So this was, you know, this was back 10 years ago, 2012. And I mean, it was really hard to find a recent statistic on that. Um, but I was able to find this cause I really, when I got to thinking about the idea of the mental health side in our youth, I, I was really thinking, well, how much money are we really putting out? Because this all goes, f- falls back into the healthcare realm, right? So this is from, uh, Statista and this is an updated one. This is from, this is from, um, November 11th, 2022. And the only reason I, I pulled this article at all was just to give you guys kind of an idea of where we sat globally as far as how in debt Americans are. Um, so per capita in the United States, well, we have the highest. Let me let me start with this. We have the highest medical debt out of any other country in the world, which is interesting when you consider the population of the U.S. and, and how far people are spread out. Then you take a place like China or Japan where everybody's condensed and they're falling lower on the list. Hey Preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. I'll be the first to say that America is not the healthiest country out there, and I think we all kind of know that What? <laughs> we uh we we definitely got a lot of things going on here in this country that makes us um pretty bad but i'm trying to find so u.s per dollars per capita um the u.s comes in at 11,859 second or and then second comes in switzerland at 7,000 per capita so we are leading in, in medical debt here. And I know you got to kind of take some of this with a grain of salt though, because we provide a lot of healthcare in this country. Some other countries on this list just don't have as good a healthcare, which is why they're not having the debt that we have. Right. Um, so it is something you could kind of take with a grain of salt, even though we know we have severe health problems in the U S. Um, and the lowest one that comes in on the list is, uh, India comes in the lowest and third to last is China. Now you would think China being this overly populated country, things like this could potentially be way, way higher on the list, but they're, but they're really, really low. But again, we are up there because of the issues that we face in this country. Um, Jake thoughts, comments on any of that. America's extremely unhealthy anyway, dude. Um, I, I, I know it's going to come down to a lot of factors, uh, a lot of economic factors. 
And China, China as a whole is, is unhealthy too, but a lot of that reasoning isn't necessarily for the same reason that America is because they don't overindulge. So it has to be something else. And what, what you have to consider is, is environmental things. So, you know, everybody says, you know, everything is made in China, but that's because they can, they can skip over the same regulations that we have to adhere to. They can just pass right over those. And the, the effect for that is that you can get things cheaper there. You can get them more quickly there. But the problem is that the people suffer for that because there aren't any health regulations. So you have, you have people dying of these horrible illnesses and, and dying early. So their, their reason for being probably equally unhealthy is, is a completely different reason, I would assume. Most definitely. I mean, and I think that and we've talked about this many times is the idea that, you know, other countries eat cleaner. They, they're more active. They're not just eating McDonald's and sitting in front of computers all day. You know, obesity is really, really bad here. Um, but I definitely want to keep this geared, geared more toward the mental health thing. Um, so you, you guys out there know, um, anybody that's gotten close to me, if you have a child that has mental issues or there's, potentially a problem. I've, I've always gone out of my way to try to help people through these things because there's no how, how to guide online. And I've, um, tried to help a lot of families. I've tried to help a lot of people as far as issues that they're going through with their children, because whenever I had all my issues with my son, nobody was there to help me. There, there was nobody, there's no good online forums. Really. There's, there's a couple here and there, but there's nothing in depth. And I found out when you start working with the States, they let your children start slipping through the cracks and they just become a cog in the machine where they just want to suck funding out of these kids and there's never a cure. And they just want to keep this, you know, going down this, um, you know, through this revolving door effect of where they're just staying in the system and they can never escape. And, um, a lot of this is mental health. And I got an article I'm going to read in the second half of the show here about, how the school system is failing is because I believe that's where it all starts. But just so you guys know, I had a meeting today about my son because um, we're working desperately on getting him moved placement, getting him from where he is and uh, getting him moved to a new facility. And a lot of people have came to me and said, Jester, if it's that bad where he is, pull him out of there, bring him home or that the other. Let me, and I'm going to explain something to you guys. I've had people cast judgment over this before. And if it, I will, I will fight somebody over this. I will go toe to toe with you. I know I am not a trained mental health professional. I know that. I've accepted that. I've accepted my son is outside of my level of care. And I know it is a liability to bring him home. And I know there is nothing I can do to change that. Um, I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. I, I am not none of this. He is out of our level of care. And we know that. We know that bringing him home could be detrimental to him, our other children. It, it could bring our house to the ground. We know it's not an option. Um, so anybody that wants to come at me and, and, you know, call me shitty or say that I'm not doing enough, you know, be my guest. I, yes. Thank you. Vet tech. You have to know your limitations. And I do know my limitations. Um, so when we talk about, you know, adolescent mental health, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things within this. Um, so I've got a lot of stuff here from the WHO and I hate utilizing the world worth it. World Health Organization for this, but when it comes to putting statistics together, they seem to be about the best. And this was the most recent article I could find. Um, and this is from November 17, 2021. And this is how they're this is how they're putting this on this list. 
Okay, hold on, guys. I want to make sure my phone is completely off because now I'm getting messages. Uh, airplane mode on, suckers. All right. So globally, one in seven, uh, 10 to 19 year olds experience a mental disorder accounting for 13% of the global burden of disease in this age group. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, a wide percentage of that is sitting in the U.S. I mean, it's a pretty big number if you think about it just as it is, 13% and, you know, being 10 to 19 years old. So specifically around the teenage era, they're seeing these mental health disorders. Um, Depression, anxiety, even behavioral disorders are among the leading causes of illness and disability among adolescents. And this is true. And we've seen this. Uh, Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death among 15 to 29-year-olds. Again, we've talked about this on the show um, a few weeks ago. We, we uh, talked about suicide and, you know, kind of trying to shed more light on this with the suicide awareness episode. And, you know, we just and I know he falls out of the age range, but, you know, childhood hero Jason David Frank just committed suicide last week. So, I mean, we're, we're actively seeing this. Um, the consequences of failing to address adolescent mental health concerns extend to adulthood, impairing both physical and mental health and limiting opportunity to lead fulfilling lives as adults, which is very true. Jake, thoughts? <laughs> the, it, it's never it's never good thoughts. It's never good thoughts. No. And... <sighs> To think about, to think about how that's detrimental is the word that I want to use, and I think that's a good word to use to describe it. But how it makes me feel about it is also detrimental, because you have to, you have to really think about the effects down the road that that's going to have. And the 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 impact that that's going to make when these when these young people become a, young adults and and become matured adults. You you know that that's going to reverberate through through our culture and the you you have to wonder how that's going to change culture as a whole here and around the rest of the world too um and and we can kind of see that happening kind of as we go and we we see the small tidbits of it now and how it affects society and you know it's not one of those like you know people have to put a halt on their lives to take care of their loved ones and all of that you know it's we we have some we have people who don't get the help that they need and because of that, they don't have the tools in their belt to succeed. And they're going out into society. And it's it's not a good thing. And it can't be good for the whole of society. No, and since, since you bring that up, I mean, I, I honestly think that's part of the plan to help deteriorate the nation. Um, if we ignore these things, if we don't address them properly... <laughs> Uh, in, in, in our American youth, then it's going to end up turning into something huge into adulthood. And you're going to have people that can't function at work, that that just can't be part of a, you know, can't have an active relationship, can't have an active marriage. They're not going to be able to just properly function. Um, 
I totally get what you're saying, but I, I 100% think it's by design, you know? I have to wonder that too, man. I, I, I think about these things all the time and, you know, anybody can say anything that they want to say. And the only way that we're going to, the only way that we're going, going to get problems solved is that we talk about them no matter how difficult they might be to talk about. And it seems like in society, we have this, this controversy mindset in our minds that if we, if we disagree on a point or if we disagree on something as a whole, then we're, we're terrible people. And you don't agree with me. You're a horrible person. I don't agree with you. You're the horrible person back and forth sort of mentality. This, this will never get anything achieved that we need to achieve. It's never going to work if we can't have these discussions, however difficult they may be and, and conduct ourselves like adults while doing so. And that's what scares me too, along with this paired with this, because we have people who are in one way or another, or in multiple ways in that mindset infantile still, um, because of, you know, um, mental health or broken home or whatever situation. And we're expecting them to conduct themselves like adults without any training. And it's like going to a job and getting hired to do a job that takes a skill set or a certification or whatever qualification without ever having even gone to the first day of class for your certification and just expecting to do your job. How, how do we think that's going to work out? Right. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, now we're going to get into, so what you brought up a little, you know, if we didn't properly handle it, we're going to get into the introduction of this and this is going to shed some light and, and Jake, it goes right down the road of what you were saying. Um, <clears throat> one in six people are aged 10 to 19 years old. Adolescence is a unique and formative time, physical, emotional, and social changes, including exposure to poverty, abuse, or violence can make adolescents vulnerable to mental health problems. Protecting adolescents from adversity, promoting uh, social emotional learning and psychological well-being and ensuring access to mental health care are critical for their health and well-being during adolescence and going into adulthood. Um, and I got to I got to say this, though, mind you, I, I agree with this, but it comes from the WHO and I know they don't have anybody's best interest at heart. So it's almost like they're re like to me, I'm reading this. If you can't do this, we're going to step in and do it for you is almost how I interpret this. But um, globally, it's estimated that one in seven, uh, 14%, 10 to 19 year olds experience mental health conditions, yet these remain largely unrecognized and untreated. Adolescents with mental health conditions are particularly vulnerable, vulnerable to social exclusion, discrimination, stigma, affecting readiness to seek help basically education difficulties, risk-taking behaviors, physical physical ill health, and human rights violations. Now, one thing that it didn't put in here that I think it that needed, needed to go in here was it didn't bring anything up about mental health leading to drug use because it 100% does. A lot of people who, who are suffering from depression will turn to self-medication. That includes uh, alcohol, harder drugs. That That's how that works. That's what happens. So again, if these things are going unaddressed, it does lead into that as well. But we're going to um, get into a few different types of these disorders, and there, there's a bunch here we're going to get into. Uh, 
Jake, before I start on my reading spree here, you got anything, uh, comments on that? In, in my small town, I can see a lot of, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of broken homes here. And I think that I, if it's not the main contributor, I, I think it is the main contributor to, to broken people is a broken home. Um, my personal opinion is I think it's very valuable. I think the, the nuclear family, mom in the house, dad in the house with a kid helping raise the kid together in whatever way they do that, nuclear family, I think that's the very first majorly important stepping stone in a young child's life to becoming a well-adjusted teenager, to becoming a well-adjusted adult. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Sorry, I'm trying to mute in between noise. Um, oh, you're good, man. You do you yeah. have a gain? You have a gain function on that mic, right? Yeah, I do, and I can turn it down a little bit, but I don't want it to drown me out or silence me out. But uh, no, I got you. That should be a little bit better. Um, but I, I think that's I think that's the first and most important stepping block. To, to having well-adjusted people in our society is that nuclear family. Um, I've heard arguments and I, I just, I can't agree with them. Um, but I also, you know, my experience might be different too, because I grew up in that nuclear family. Um, so I only know what I know, but you have to back it up with statistics too, to help, to help with that. And I think, I think we can find, um, I think we can find myriad studies that that would support that, that that's the case and that's true. But I know, you know, from my, my prior experience in career, um, most of the drug issues that, that have broken people down come from already broken people from already broken homes. And that seems to be the case most of the time, not all the time, but most I've, I have noticed that seeing friends I grew up with, if, um, you know, if mom was on drugs, the kid was on drugs. If father w was a problematic alcoholic, the kids became a problematic alcoholic. Um, if brother was involved in hard drugs, little brother got involved in hard drugs. Um, it's an, it's not every family, but it is pretty common. Um, not every family though. Not every family. I mean, I've, I've seen families, um, some uh, family friends of mine, literally um, two brothers night and day. Um, one of them became a police officer and they lived it. They had the exact same upbringing, exact same situation. And the other one um, struggled, uh, didn't do anything super serious, you know, went, went to jail a couple of times, um, but eventually, but eventually straightened himself out and straightened his life out and got himself together. But it took, much longer than it did for his for his older brother, um, but it's it's really interesting seeing how how two paths from the same home can completely go in opposite directions. Um, but it's it's not you know it again it's not every it's not every house it's not every case it's not every situation. Right, I got you. Um, so actually, we're gonna get we're gonna get into reading this too because uh, this article goes into some of this. So mental health determinants. Um, adolescence is a crucial period for developing social and emotional habits important for mental, mental well-being. These include adopting healthy sleep patterns, exercising regularly, developing, uh, developing copying, problem solving, and impersonation and personal skills. Wow. 
<laughs> and learning to manage emotions. Protective and supportive environments in the family, at school, and in the wider community are important. Multiple factors affect mental health. The more risk factors for adolescents are exposed to, the greater the potential impact of their mental health will be. Factors that contribute uh, contribute to stress during adolescence include exposure to adversity, pressure to conform with peers, and exploration of identity. Media influence and gender norms can exacerbate, and I'm not even going to get into this because that's, I hate to even touch on that because we know that's a problem that's created. It's not a problem that existed. Uh, can exacerbate the display between adolescents lived reality in their, um, yeah, I'm not even going to get into this whole sexual thing. I don't even care to do it. Um, some adolescents are at greater risk of mental health conditions due to their living conditions, stigma, stigma, discrimination, or exclusion, lack of access to quality support and services. These include adolescents living in humanitarian and fragile settings, adolescents with chronic illness, autism, spectrum disorder, and intellectual disability or other neurological conditions. Um, pregnant adolescents, adolescents, parents, or those in early first forced marriages, orphans and adolescents from minority ethnic or sexual backgrounds or other discriminated groups. So that kind of, it's, I mean, they're putting that out there too. Basically, if you're in a shitty environment, it's going to mess with your mental health and things are going to get worse. Right. Um, and I, I don't want to go down this road with this, but I'm just going to touch on this very briefly. This whole gender identification thing, I know it's creating problems, guys. I get it, but it's only a problem because we had allowed it to be a problem. Somebody said, I don't feel this way, and they pigeoned it, and, and now it's being forced on the kids, and I don't – I know it's creating problems, but I just – I'm sad. I'm sorry, guys. It's all bullshit. Um, it's all bullshit. I do not agree with it at all. That's it, period. Moving on. Um, Jake, thoughts? On that subject? Uh, <laughs> it's up to you if you want to touch that or not. I'd prefer not to. Um, yeah, that's fine. We can, we can skip over that if you want to. Um, but the, but the other things that were on this list, um, things going on within the home and stuff like that. I mean, I understand the force, the orphanage, the orphans and stuff like that. I get that part, but you know, there's, there's an argument and a counter argument to everything. And that's hard to sort through in today's world where everything seems to be an argument. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. And again, we have to be willing to set our wants to argue aside and look at the look at the logical things in front of us, which the only thing we have to make a logical conversation and a rational conversation are the facts and the numbers, which are skewed sometimes because we don't we don't have the numbers from every household. And we know that no two households are the same. But I would be really curious, you know, if there were ever a project where there were, you know, say, say 20 kids growing up in the exact same environment in the exact same way to see if it truly is a product of, of, of the home experience or just a product of personality and development of who we are and how, how different we are and how varied we are as humans in the first place. 
and that's not going to happen really. Um, so it's, it's really hard to have that discussion and, and it comes down to just your personal experience really. Um, you know, everybody again can make their arguments and they can say, well, look at, look at somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer. How is he so broken when he grew up, grew up in such a nice household and yada, yada, yada. I'm sure there weren't moments of beauty just like in every household. My life was great, but also I was a dumb kid and I got in trouble and it wasn't always pretty. And, uh, it was, I, I deserved a lot of that, but that's what we do as kids. We screw up. But the problem is, um, not learning from those mistakes and repeating them later in life. Um, and some people kind of get stuck in, I guess, a rut to say, and they don't carry over those, those things that they learned or didn't learn. And they carry those over into adulthood and it affects them as an adult. And that carries over into the next generation. We have generational issues. So it's, I would say it's, it's almost impossible to kind of determine. And, uh, I, th I think, I think even the, brightest lights can come from the darkest of corners and we've seen that happen too i got you i get what you're saying 100 um so we have a few different things here that i did want to get into uh to wrap this article up but i just want to tell you guys we're not going to get into each one of these because it's all a lot of reading for their own paragraph and if, and if you guys show me in the chats like you don't know what that is and you want me to explain or give an example of it i can because they're all here but this is what they're this is what they're classifying within this realm of disorders so they're they're coming in with emotional disorders pretty much all know what that is second to this is behavioral orders um and then what they're finding with this is eating disorders psychosis suicide and self-harm and risk-taking behaviors um also and I mean, if, if any of these are something you guys aren't familiar with, I can go through and I can read through these. Just let me know in the chats. Um, if not, I do want to keep this moving forward. Um, they have something in here that I agree with and disagree with. So we're going to get into this. Early detection and treatment. It is crucial to address the needs of adolescents with mental health conditions, avoiding... Um, institutionalizing and over medication over med medicalizing um prioritizing non-pharmaceutical approaches and respecting the rights of the children in line with the united nations convention of the rights of the child and other human rights instruments are key for adolescents mental health okay so i agree with don't institutionalize don't over medicate um i agree with this okay 100 percent the problem is, and this is what we're going to get into in the second half of the show, the problem is they, as in the mental health providers, the schools, all, all these guys, they want to over-medicate. They, they want to institutionalize. States get funding for this. Medicaid gets funding for this. They have people that have jobs like that. My son has a care coordinator, right? In her job, she gets paid to figure out where to send different kids and to show up for a monthly meeting every month. Like she physically gets paid by the state to regulate where these kids are going. And I understand that's a job that needs to be had, that somebody's got to do that job. But when it's this big of a problem where you have to employ multiple people, multiple agencies, have to have things set up everywhere, don't you think there might be a bigger problem here than what we're addressing? The fact that we're creating these problems? Because that's what I think. I think when I think it becomes a problem 
when we we take things like this where there are there are people who legitimately do need the help and they do get it and that's wonderful but hold on oh you're good jake you do your thing um sorry um but there there legitimately are people out there who legitimately do need the help and i hope that all of those people who legitimately need the help get the care that they need and i hope that that care is from somebody who is not motivated by financial gain but out of the pure kindness and compassion out of their heart and they are doing what they are supposed to be doing with their life which is helping guide these young people and getting them the help that they they truly need in an unselfish and unbiased and without negative negative uh enticement meaning money but we know that's not the case because people are people and there are absolutely some people who are motivated by money and they know that they get more funding they can get a pay raise they know that they get a pay raise they can you know this and that and this thing we know how this works and we see it happen and it happens and unfortunately some of those people the, the all of those people slip through the cracks and it's really unfortunate because sometimes those people also do not care about what happens to the people, what happens to the kids, what happens to the ones who need the care. They want to over-medicate because they get more funding and they get more funding and you know how this goes. It's a slippery slope and it seems to be money motivated. And in this way, money seems to be the root of all evil. And what it leads to is that people not getting the care that they need to get and they're not getting properly helped. And we know that I would say 99% of the time just going straight to medication and pills is, is rarely the answer. It's a bandaid for the problems a lot of the time, but again, there are people who legitimately need it. Right. And I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. So one thing I wanted to get in here on this list was the risk taking behavior side of this, because this is what we see. Um, when we talk about the risk-taking behaviors within within mental health, these are what really screws up people's uh, lives that aren't getting the help that they need. So there's so many different factors in here, but basically what I wanted to point to with this was this is a lot of the behaviors that you see uh, create criminal behavior, right? The risk-taking behaviors. You're talking, um, first off, it, it's educational, the whole risk-taking behavior. We're, well, I'm not going to study for this test. I'm just going to go take it. I'll take the risk. If I fail, I fail. Who gives a shit? And then it's also the idea of in, getting involved with things uh, where you start committing crimes. Like, I'm going to steal this from the store. It starts out small and then gets worse. And then um, a lot of violence can come out of this, too. A lot of unplanned pregnancies can come out of this. Uh, a lot of ST, STDs and STIs can be transmitted with this risk-taking behavior. And I'm going to tell you what, guys, a lot of people that I've seen um, when I was working in law enforcement, the people that were most problematic, you could tell were not right in the head, that there was definitely something mental going on. And I'm not saying everybody. Some people are just, they, you know, they are just career criminals or they live a life of crime. But some people you could legitimately tell there's there's something wrong upstairs and um, they they weren't getting the help that they needed. And I know that, oh, Jake, you were, you worked in the prison system for a long time. Um, do you feel that inmates were getting the help that they needed as far as? Oh, heck no, dude. 
No. <laughs> I guess that's the short answer. <laughs> Man, it you know, we used to have our our state care for for mental health um used to be pretty decent in all honesty. And uh, a really it was a really big problem during Obama's term because he closed all of the state hospitals down. And so what that meant then were that the people you're describing, the the people that I that I dealt with that you're describing um, instead of them going to an institution where they could get care and not treated as a criminal, um, they, they came straight to jail because there was no other place for them legitimately. They, they closed all the state hospitals down. All of those people came to jail and you can imagine what kind of a burden that was on, on people like myself and my, my, my coworkers, my staff who, who weren't equipped to deal with those situations all the time because we didn't work in an institution. We worked we worked in a, a a jail. We worked in a detention facility. We dealt with we dealt with criminals who you know who who uh, were short term. You know OWIs, DUIs, you know uh, assaults and batteries and and the typical things you see in small towns. But it caused a huge burden on the state to have to figure out how to place these people and trying to trying to quickly train people like us on how to deal the best with the situations. It was, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.